Hey, it's Alice. Um, yesterday, I attended, I zoomed in on my first um, sex and love addiction anonymous meeting. And I basically cried the whole time. I don't, I think, you know, it came from feeling really validated um, and releasing all of these pent up years of shame that built up, you know? Um, and I introduced myself, I was like, hi, I'm Alice, I'm a love addict. And I talked about how it was only recently I realized this was a compulsion. This was something that was beyond my conscious control. And yet it had been, I've been acting out in patterns of behavior that continue to not just hurt me, but hurt others. And once I realized that I stopped feeling so terrible about myself and I'm reading a book uh, by ben Brit Renee Brown on, uh, it's called wholeheartedness. It's not her shame book, but she is a shame researcher. Here's something that I wrote down really quickly about shame that I think is important. Shame needs three things to grow out of control. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. And um, I know this, right? And I feel like a lot of people know this. We all have friends who are always deflecting or are really uncomfortable sharing about themselves or their lives. And I always feel for those people because I usually imagine that they're going through something um, so painful that you can't even talk about it. And TBH, I, you know, I, here's the thing. I'm Asian, okay? And Asians are all about saving face. And like, I feel like East Asian culture is really good at shaming you. And I never, I really just like, don't like that. I, I don't like that at all. And I know that like, I kind of, I mean, obviously I air my personal laundry on here, which is why I removed all pictures of my face. I don't need my face to be associated with my problems. At the same time, um, being able to share my experiences with people, with friends, I guess, has is part of my healing journey. And it's part of me refusing to be silent about issues regarding mental health and you know, regarding like self-worth and identifying shame and really what we're not, we're not aiming towards toxic positivity. What we're aiming for is the ability to love ourselves unconditionally, even the parts that we were once ashamed of and realize that we have all been there. We all have, we, we are all capable of facing vulnerabilities but we can't deny it and when we deny it and when we try to put up this image of perfection this idea that we have it together honestly you feel like a fraud inside and i know you know it because i know it and it applies to everybody we're all the same in that way um that being said nobody in my family 
really cares about what I put out there. My, my parents don't really hate the fact that I talk about my personal life on social media. Um, but at this point, they stop giving a shit and they don't, they don't, like, I think they can still understand English because my dad listens to NPR all the time. But they just don't care, I guess. Yeah, people, I don't know. Just like people don't care. And so I just have to tell it to people who do care. And those aren't necessarily the people that I get to see or be around all the time. But, you know, let's talk about it. We're all fucked up, huh? And in the book, uh, she talks about how we need to share our experience because shame happens between people and it heals between people. And I'm so glad that I found this group and I'm hoping to go at least um, like twice a week to this group because it's really nice to be around other people who aren't judging you for your compulsive behavior, for your addiction, because addiction is out of your control. But that doesn't mean we don't hold ourselves accountable for it, for our bad decisions. What we do is seek help from a higher power. And so that is a big part of, I think, AA, and it's a big part of SLAA. And luck, I don't know, luckily or whatever, but for me, I found, I rekindled my relationship with higher power, with God. And I feel like that, the Holy Spirit, you know, that led me to this group instead of the other way around, which is pretty interesting, but it's nice. It's super validating to be around people who are like, yeah, we need to find strength in the higher power and then with each other's help. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what race you are, what gender, like what problem it is. We're all part of, we understand the suffering and we are not here to judge you. And you are going to, you are allowed to talk about it because we understand it's that empathy. It's that being heard. And it's so important. So many people feel like they're not being heard and it, and they feel like they can't be themselves. And there's so much shame built up. Like Donald Trump is very, he has a lot of shame. Like I read the book, you know, he, and that's why he acts like that because he knows deep down he is very, very incompetent. Um, shame, she says, Brene Brown says, shame loses power when it is spoken. That is why I want to speak on just kind of what I go through, I guess, because I know I know what it looks like from the outside looking in. If you know a little bit about, you know, how I date a lot, right, and like sleep around a lot or whatever. And my parents judged me too. And like I had to explain to my mom that it wasn't something that I was doing. Um, really on purpose. Like I didn't realize these sudden mood shifts and these behaviors where I push and pull, I didn't realize that those were like very ingrained behavior that was like, it was a fear of abandonment um, that I didn't even know I had. I didn't know I had a fear of abandonment. It's crazy. And I'm watching the show Love on Netflix and it's it, it, like hits too deep. It's too, like too close to home, the way that Mickey, the main character, behaves, because she's 
like I'm at the end of season two and she's just like getting into some gnarly shit and I'm like ooh she shouldn't have done that and I'm like I've definitely done that um or like that is exactly the kind of shit that I would do and it's toxic behavior um and hurtful behavior but it also comes from her inner sense of confusion and I always felt confused too what and I think that's what shame does. It, it disconnects you from yourself. Okay, so deeper. So I guess today's topic is about shame. We need to understand shame and recognize what messages and expectations trigger shame. Um, feeling rejected and feeling like I give more than I get makes me feel shameful. It, I always feel like my relationships felt more, it felt more like a battleground of me versus them. And I played a very active role in creating that dynamic that was rooted in the fear of being abandoned. And my parents, you know, they had me pretty young and they weren't very emotionally figured out. And so they fought a lot when I was growing up. And there were so many times growing up where they would threaten to get divorced. And those were very traumatic experiences in my life. And there were times when they were separated for a while. So they had a pretty rocky marriage for most of my childhood. And they, they only like recently got their shit together, to be honest with you. Right as I left for college, I don't know. Yeah, that's the part that sucks about being the oldest kid is you just have to put up with so much shit. And But you're kind of like a buffer for your younger sibling, at least I was, even though my brother doesn't know it. And I think having seen that growing up has made me view relationships as, as a very, like, I come about it in a very aggressive way. And both my parents, like everyone in my family, are very, like, uh intense <laughs> everyone's kind of intense and just very they, everyone can be very cutting with their words and their behaviors and that's really all i've known my parents aren't very affectionate people and now our, our relationship dynamic has changed and i know that they love me and that they just they weren't aware of how their actions were hurting me um, but I'm also responsible now that I have information and I have the knowledge to undo these patterns because I don't want to keep getting myself into destructive relationships. And the, the other thing that I have to completely admit is I don't think I'm ever going to be like single, single. As much as I want to be single, single, uh, it's um, it's much healthier for me to be in a healthy partnership, I think, because I need I need in intensity and intimacy. And if I can't get that from a safe person, then I'm going to seek it out and other people. And as much, as much as I want to be like, because I uh, admit that I'm an addict and 
um, I go to these meetings that all my problems are going to be solved. Like, no, I think this path to recovery is a lifelong thing with addicts too. It's not like you go to meetings or you go to rehab and you're cured. Fighting an addiction becomes a lifelong challenge. And I think having bipolar and having accepted the reality of bipolar and knowing that I'm never going to not be bipolar makes it easier for me to be like, okay, I'm in love at it. And I'm always going to need some level of intimacy and some level of intensity in my life to, to make me feel, to make me feel alive, honestly, because I don't, I don't, I can go through the motions of going to a job and like doing friends and stuff, but I don't really feel alive inside. I feel kind of dead and I'm just like seeking out for the next um, like person, you know, who I can connect with and have that intimacy and intensity with. And something that I'm learning is it's not always about the person. I mean, the person has to, like the person has to have their shit figured out, obviously, but it's, it's a lot about how much you're willing to invest and how much effort you're willing to put in and how much um, you're willing to compromise. And that's what builds healthy relationships. And I'm so, I'm so about healthy relationships because I've been in such destructive ones. I'm so much about self-love because I know what it's like to feel so ashamed of who you are. And I'm so like, and I'm so open about all of this because I know that too many people are suffering in silence. And I'm hoping that me being able to share my my shame or whatever and kind of cast it in a different light will maybe help you gain more, more confidence in yourself and more validation for you. I validate you if you need validating because we all have to, we all have to tell ourselves we're just trying the best we can that is such a powerful statement everyone is just trying as hard as they're capable of because i know that that's true for me and i've engaged in a lot of shitty and hurtful behavior in my in my personal life um and I think because of that in my work life or in my, you know, outside life, I, I, I feel like I have a hard time connecting to people because I don't want them to find out all these deep, dark things about me. I'd rather have an image of like, oh, I don't really care, but inside I'm like constantly brooding and sad. Not all the time. Sometimes I'm pretty happy, but you know, like it's a, I don't want to say it's a facade, but I think it's so important to embrace the, uh, like our darker selves, our, our shadow selves in an effort to achieve that greater love. And when we're able to look at ourselves and we're able to acknowledge our shame and kind of be willing to work on our shame, we get to a point where we feel more compassion for everyone else because you realize everyone else is dealing with their own form of shame or whatnot on on different levels um and 
that's really what it's about. Like life is all about learning to love one another. And that always starts with loving yourself. And what loving yourself means is so much deeper than taking a nap or drinking tea or doing yoga. Like all those things are super important, but what it, like you have to go through the nasty shit. You have to be willing to look in there and you know shame when you find it because when I was in that meeting yesterday and I started crying, I knew like my body was having an emotional response to feeling like, okay, I'm finally safe here. I am safe here and I am holding all this shame and I can put it down now because they understand it doesn't need to be just my thing anymore. And that's so powerful. It's so powerful and everybody should be able to feel like that. And you should feel like you are you are entitled to that. And I know entitlement is kind of a, a weird word, but you are allowed to love yourself. You are allowed to forgive yourself. You are allowed to validate yourself. You might think of yourself as a really shitty person, but until you drop that self-talk, you're never going to you're never going to see the way to becoming the better person that you're capable of. And the reason you feel shame, the reason you are having a reaction to something is because deep inside your soul it knows you can do better. You know you can do better. You know you can be better. But the more you deny that shame, the more it's going to come out in very unconscious, insidious ways. So you have to be willing to look at it. What makes you cringe? What makes you cry? And for me, it's always been my love life and my the mental illness situation, right? And And the more I um, look into it, the more I research about it, the more empowered I feel to take control of the situation rather than letting that situation take control of me. In that process, you, you learn to be more forgiving. You learn patience. Patience is such a big virtue. Patience, patience, patience. We need more of that in this world. Um, patience, compassion, kindness, and, then, and you replace bad habits with good ones. It's not just enough to stop doing the bad habit. You have to find a good habit, not just with habit, values. You know, it's not just to say, okay, I won't say bad things anymore, but you have to follow that up with another, um, like, stimulus. It's like, it's like, think about it in like a science way. You need to fill it with another stimulus so you're not craving um, that bad thing anymore, which is why I think going to meetings like SLAA is important for me because that I can put that energy of my love addict energy in this group instead of letting it manifest in my personal relationships. Because as long as I have this group to remind me, okay, yes, you have a problem, but you have these people who are willing to listen to you. I don't need to be taking that into my my personal relationship, and I can focus on other things with that person. That makes a lot of sense to me. When I say things out loud like this, there's sometimes like really good shit comes up, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that connected the dots. It's because I'm an extrovert, and I figure 
I figure out a lot of things when I'm externalizing my thoughts, which is why this is like a great, I don't know. I'm awakening with awareness as I speak. So that's, that's great. <laughs>